In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, Amen. My Lord and my God, I firmly believe that you are here. That you see me, that you hear me. I adore you with profound reverence. I ask your pardon for my sins and the grace to make this time of prayer fruitful. My Immaculate Mother, Saint Joseph, my Father and Lord, my Guardian Angel, intercede for me. As we begin our recollections evening, this brief time of prayer with our Lord, naturally we begin with an act of faith and confidence that the Lord is indeed truly here present. And if you come here to Kintor, I presume you've been coming for a little while, and if you are struggling with a plan of life or trying to, trying to have a life of prayer, go to the sacraments, struggle to get out of bed in the morning, leap out. There must be a fundamental motivation about why you come here or why you do all these things. And that fundamental motivation gives structure to everything we do. Purpose. And that motivation is that you and I are called to be saints. Such that everything we do, whether it's study, whether it's the cleaning, whether it's eating, whether it's getting out of bed in the morning, it all has to have a fundamental purpose or desire to be truly canonizable saints. And when you hear that word canonizable, it sounds a little bit exaggerated, you know, let's, let's not overdo it, canonizable, we think. Well, when I hear those words, it brings to mind the years I had the great fortune to live in Rome, because I lived in Rome studying for the priesthood from 1990 to 95, and they were intense years of study, intense years of preparation, but they were also historic years. And one of the most historic events that I witnessed was the beatification of Blessed Josemaria on May 17th, 1992. And uh, during the years before 1992, there, was, there were rumors that maybe it could happen, um, but approvals needed to be obtained. The Holy See was studying the dossier. There were other saints lined up. And we knew that Pope John Paul II was interested in pushing forward more causes of canonization. But we didn't know when this would happen. And for some people, they said, oh no, it's going it's to take another century before he's beatified. <laughs> Wait another hundred years. And, uh, but finally, we heard officially that Pope John Paul II had decided on that he would officially beatify then Blessed Josemaria on May 17th, 1992, together with Josefina Bakita, who was a woman who had grown up in Sudan. She had been 
captured by slave traders. She'd been beaten and suffered tremendously, but eventually ended up in Venice, where she converted and, uh, and discovered truly the love of God and, and became uh, an exemplary uh, figure in the Kenosian sisters of somebody who really gave herself completely to the love of God and to his providence, despite the fact that she actually did suffer quite grievously. And, of course, one of the characteristics of any beatification, if you've ever been to one, a beatification, not so much the canonization, but the beatification, well, that's the first moment in which a person is, is presented for the church to be publicly venerated. And so a sign of that is that the image of the new, the new blessed is exposed to the, or, 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 or revealed to the, to the church. To all the people there, and uh, and of course, at that moment, once a, the tapestry is unfurled, that's the moment. And with the Pope's blessing and the Pope's uh, declaration, that from that moment on, that that blessed may be venerated. And I still remember very, like like it was yesterday when they removed the, this covering over the tapestry over St. Josemaria and over Josefina Bakita. And, and, the, and, the, and the crowds began, you know, this jubilant alleluia with a trumpet sound. And it was just, I mean, there were tears everywhere. There was not a dry eye in St. Peter's Square with 300,000 people. Right? And everybody was like, oh my God. You know, it was, it was, it was a, a dramatic moment, right? Because of all the effort that each of these uh, new blesseds had gone through, and uh, and so it was a, a, a very moving moment. And what a contrast from uh, maybe I think it was maybe a month before that uh, we had been preparing for the beatification. There was the choir to take care of. I mean, there were many things to imagine. You you have to give communion to three hundred thousand people. I mean, that's that's, that's a big organization. Qu not just choir, but the liturgy and. Uh, Anyway, security and all these things. And uh, I remember in the seminary where I was, uh, somebody had, uh, had obtained, I think it was six or seven tapestries, large, large images of St. Josemaria. And one of those six was meant to be exposed on St. Peter's Square. This is like a month before the beatification. And so they found places on the buildings and they strung them up on the buildings because they were like 12 feet high. I mean, there's huge tapestries. And the idea was to allow Don Alvaro, Bishop Alvaro, to examine which one he liked the better because they were slightly different colors and, you know, green, bluish background, more or less the same. But uh, And uh, he got, uh, somebody alerted him to, you know, maybe you can come and choose which one you like the best. But he said, no, 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 we can't exhibit these things publicly yet. It's too early. There hasn't been beatification yet, right? And uh, so take them down, take them, roll them up. Don't let anybody see them. And uh, so we, oh my God. So we had to uh, roll them up. And of course, everybody had their own image in their pockets, in their, you know, in the, in the house, and little small things, you know. So that's why it was so moving to finally see that, that image unfurled in front of that massive crowd. Right? And, and in some ways, with all those tears and with all that emotion, in some ways we could hear it in the voice of the Holy Father, Pope John Paul II. He was kind of saying, okay, now with the teaching of St. Josemaria, 
or then blessed was me go for it do it this is public this is for the church you can do it and he was kind of unleashing a drive for us a creativity for living sanctity in ordinary life in all these cultures and you know the people of all kinds of cultures were there and um, and the, the church was saying that sanctity can be achieved in ordinary things you don't have to do anything extraordinary special you don't have to go and and you know wear one of these things you know or uh, you know do something bizarre you know or not bizarre but uh, well it is kind of weird but uh, um, you know one of the reasons i came late as i was walking down this couple said are you a priest are you a priest I said yeah i'm a priest don't get too close okay. <laughs> i said sorry you know don't get too close so of course covid affects everything but uh, but, uh, you know, so, because we know that the, he said, you know, that uh, sanctity is not just for people who wear these things or have done very extraordinary things, but for ordinary people, for mothers who have to change diapers, and because, you know, diapers, that has provoked a lot of sanctity, I'm sure, right? As have in-laws and... Uh, <laughs> And, and vacuuming and uh, studying for exams. All that is the stuff of sanctity. And this is something we know already. Well, we know. We've known it for years now. But it's as though the church was, was uh, re-emphasizing that. And of course, we know that the church does not make saints. She does not have a saint-making factory. You know? She doesn't have... They don't come out on a conveyor belt and... You know, you got another saint there, you know, one saint like that, one saint like this, you know, like that, looking up. Um, no, no, she just recognizes, she recognizes the people of God. She doesn't make saints. She examines their lives, she examines what they wrote, if they wrote anything. I don't know if Josefina Bakita wrote much, maybe she did, I don't know, but uh, they look at her virtues or their virtues. And, 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 and the impact they may have had and, and how they really live their heroic virtues. And then God does his part by, by sort of providing a miracle when people pray to their intercession. And so it reminds us that that's why you're here. Because the goal of Christian life, our, the goal of our life, of anybody's life, is holiness, is sanctity is the possibility that they will unfurl a canvas over your face, from your face, and say, here I am. I'm an example of sanctity to you, to everybody. Could that actually happen? That one day you will be in St. Peter's Square or in, well, you live in, in Toronto, so, you know, I don't know, in St. Michael's Basilica or some cathedral, they will unfurl a tapestry with your face on it and say, here's an example of holiness. Now, we may think, well, come on, Father, this, let's, let's not overdo it. Uh, um, you know. But it is true that somewhere along the line, we have seen this as somehow unattainable. Like you being unfurled in front of St. Michael's Cathedral, you know, I'm talking here in the year 2090 or what have you, right? Uh, 
or whenever, whenever you'll be canonized or beatified. Well, first you have to die, and then, you know, then we have to study your life, and uh, it's going to take a while, so who knows. If you die in 20, say you die in 2070, well, give it a bit, bit more time, so maybe, I don't know, who knows. But, um, you know, we shouldn't see this as completely unattainable. And uh, maybe this idea that sanctity was so impossible, so hard, was transmitted because if we said that, no, no, you have to be a canonizable saint, we were afraid that maybe this might make people feel guilty. Perhaps we wanted to make it easier for people. But for whatever reason, the disappearance of this goal of sanctity hasn't made it easier for the modern Catholic. It's actually made it harder for them. The idea that sanctity is so, you know, out there. And, of course, that's why St. Josemaria came to be known as the saint of the ordinary. And he emphasized sanctity in the ordinary life, in the family, in studies, in work, you, in all these things you've, you've heard about. But... Um, one image that I've always liked uh, that uh, sort of reflects well, you could say, the role of St. Josemaria in opening up the pathway, it's what we call opening up the pathway to sanctity for ordinary people, is, is what I recently saw with um, the incredible prestige that we see in many countries, and I think in our own too, that that the military has in many countries. Well, certainly among young people, many young people are very impressed by people in uniform. And one of the most impressive, for at least for young men, maybe not for women, but, but, but certainly young men, probably young women too, but, but one of the most coolest thing is to be a fighter, fighter pilot. Like when there's a problem, you get a guy on an F-18 or, or, or an F-35 or a, a Lockheed Martin F-35, you get him in there and he's going to, you know, bomb the enemy to smithereens, right? But he's, he can do a roll and everything, you know. So people love this idea of the, of the fighter jet and they go on these uh, aircraft carriers and they go in there and, they, and then they have to land on the aircraft carrier as well and, they, and it heaves uh, with the waves and it sways in the sea and you've got people uh, guiding them in. It's just the coolest thing, right? But, you know, that's what jet fighter pilots do. But nobody ever mentions the value of what they call the catapult officer. The catapult officer. You know, like those things, they only have like a, a hundred feet to, to take off. You can't just, you know... So they have a catapult and they launch the plane. And there's always that guy, they call him the catapult officer... They also call him the shooter for short, and he's got these lights on his on his in his hands. Got he's got a big helmet. He's got the things, you know. He's 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 in communication with the control tower and with the pilot. And then he just points. He goes goes like that, right? That's all he does. Like that's the way. Go that way. Go to the enemy that way. Like what? Is he gonna go this way? That's the wrong way. No, no go this way. No? And then he goes. Okay, go. And then he takes off, and and then the other guys come in, and then he, I like this, and they have it's like a ballet, you know, they they go like that, and, 
you know, it's, it's pretty cool. Like the, the catapult officer is cool, right? And, uh, and that's what Saint Josemaria was. He was saying, you want sanctity? That way. Cool. That way. <laughs> you know, uh, and uh, I heard an interview with one of these catapult officers. She's a woman, actually. She's a shooter. That's what they call her, a shooter. And she explains all her responsibilities. Is oh, it's very important that I'm in control of 300 men on the ground. Uh, what, 300 men in, a, in an aircraft? Well, anyway, that's just what she said. And she says, in the end, as she's being interviewed, she says, in the end, it's pretty satisfying to know we're getting them to the fight. Right? We're getting them to the fight. So go to the fight. Right? And that's what St. Serena said. You know, he, he was... He was responsible for getting many people to the fight. That fight, not of a war, like, uh, like uh, throwing missiles, but the, a war of peace, right? A war of, uh, you know, in, in, in a world that, uh, that has become hedonistic, right? A war against our own selfishness. Right? And uh, he pointed us all ultimately in the right direction. What is most important? My sanctity, our sanctity. He pointed us the right direction. And it could be that we're not ready to fight, that we're not loaded down with, with missiles. And uh, in this battle of war and peace, in this struggle for sanctity, in this ascetical effort to pray, uh, to overcome our defects, and uh, in the little things of each day. But he's saying, don't worry, just go that way, that way. Right? That's what he's saying. And... Uh, and of course, one of the most important roadblock, roadblocks we often encounter with people that are starting this journey is the sense that there isn't enough time to absorb uh, the, all the material about being a saint, you know, that they have to somehow learn trigonometry or something, no, or, uh, and, that, and that absorbing this ideal is too much. You say, no, no, just go, get off this plane and do it, right? And, Really, God made us uh, for the highest dignity, and the highest dignity is to be with Him forever in heaven. But we have to bring many, many people with us. And uh, we're, well, we're not just fighter pilots, but we're also shooters. We have, to, we have to meet the people around us and open up those horizons. That, that it's one of the greatest things that uh, we can do for somebody to, to help them open up that possibility that they can find God in the middle of their ordinary affairs and if, and if you can if you can be that instrument you are like that fundamental shooter on the, on the aircraft carrier right? and, uh, and a war will be won because you pointed the right direction right? and uh, so we ask this of our Blessed Mother she of course did this with her fiat with her with her yes she will point us in the right direction and thank you my god for the good resolutions affections and inspirations you've communicated to me in this meditation i ask you to put them into effect my immaculate mother saint joseph my father and lord my guardian angel intercede